I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello. This episode of 12-Pack Radio is made possible by who? By Nextiva, the official communications partner of the Pac-12 and the best business phone service as chosen by Larry Scott, Herm Edwards, and U.S. News & World Report, Nextiva helps companies all over the Pac-12 country stay connected to customers and coworkers using one easy-to-use app. Get Nextiva for your business and get business phone service, video conferencing, team chat, call reporting, and more. All for a fraction of what you would pay for those services separately. Make great calls every day. Visit Nextiva.com slash 12-pack. Nextiva.com slash 1-2-P-A-C to get started. And Rob, I, I, wonder if, uh, I wonder if Larry Scott used his Las Vegas announcement about his raise on Nextiva. <laughs> the email like we have some important news to tell everyone <laughs> all right let's get to it oh, don't you dare be sour clap for your world famous full-time champs and feel the power it's a new game yes it is for 12 pack radio get excited Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news, the home of the beta-ranked college football statistical model, and your home for Pac-12 gambling advice with William Hills' Max Meyer. This is Brian Conger. We are in the offseason. We are going through all of the best Pac-12 non-conference games, and I have an announcement to make. I have an announcement to make, Rob. I just booked my first flight to a college football game, Arizona versus BYU, first weekend of college football in Las Vegas. Yeah, that that's. I wish I could go to that. That is awesome. Like I am. Uh, I, I, I that should be a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, it, maybe the game won't be a lot of fun. No, I might. Yeah. I might not even go to the game. I don't know yet. <laughs> but will, Vegas is always a lot of fun. Yeah, it'll be roundabouts in the vicinity when that game happens. If you are going out there, any of our fans, for the first week of Pac-12 uh, football or football in general, uh, let me know, uh, 12packradio at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at 12packradio. would love to connect with you. Going out with a couple of our friends of the podcast out there and uh, just very excited to be able to get into the swing of things. And uh, you know, speaking of BYU, Rob, a lot of BYU on everybody's schedule this year. Yeah, the, uh, the Pac-12 really decided to fill up on BYU this season. As a non-conference opponent, and truly, too, I mean, for some, you know, the schools in the Pac-12, it is. I mean, across the Pac-12 South in particular, um, I mean, it's a little, it's a little light as far as like non-conference games go, and and BYU might be the marquee opponent on on a lot of teams' non-conference schedule this season. And I mean, I do mean that as slight shade on BYU because, uh, like, uh, you know, like, you know, Pac-12 teams got to get a Power Five team in the non-conference schedule. You can't just can't get by with BYU and another Mountain West team. You can't always bring your awkward brother-in-law to poker night. It just doesn't work out. When he's fine every once in a while, but whenever, when every week he's there and everyone's like, ah, Jim's here again. Um, you know, 
gets a little bit irritating. So uh, pardon our dust as we go through and we you know break down BYU 17 different angles like the Zabruder film here. <laughs> so they play every Pac-12 team. Uh, Rob, as we move into... Actually, let's talk news first before we get into these Pac-12 non-conference games. Uh, a little bit of news out of ASU, and you had briefly mentioned it before we started, but I'm curious... I'm curious what you have here on the ASU front. Yeah, the the real big, you know, news that came out was that Yahoo got a peek. You know, Pete Thamel at Yahoo got a peek at the actual dossier um, <clears throat> that was sent in, and that I mean the that I think is is really interesting um, because it it brings the total that they have evidence for of you know recruits on campus during the the COVID. Um, you know, no, uh, I'm forgetting no contact. Don't, don't travel, travel anywhere during a national pandemic. Don't travel any, yeah. <laughs> during the dead period, um, to 13, uh, there are of course reports that the number is as high as 30, but the dossier only had, you know, direct evidence of 13. There is a grainy picture of someone who is alleged to be Herm Edwards showing a top 100 recruit, the weight room, um, but the really crazy, interesting part in here that um, is is that uh, uh, Jaden Daniels' mom <laughs> gets involved <laughs> at this point. I mean, there's there's also like I mean, like most everyone on the ASU staff is on the. I mean, they're like you know you know the uh, is on the record here saying they have of course no idea of any wrongdoing going on. You know what's interesting is that there are documents that show that uh, you know. She she purchased five tickets um, for recruits and their guardians um, in in March of this year, and then those tickets were emailed directly to her from two different airlines, um, and the same credit card was used to on the purchases. Um, and her, you know, and there's 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 email evidence of this, you know, and and you know the 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 email is forwarded from you know Chris Hawkins. Um, you know, the defensive backs coach at ASU, but you know, the, her, her excuse is basically that like, it was an instance of she, she's on the record as saying it was credit card fraud and that her email was hacked. <laughs> <laughs> and she's got to come up with another one. I think wasn't Terry Porter the first one to do that about 20, about 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's like a, I mean, like what is it, Jay Williams, like when he screwed up and, and, said that the recent hire by the Boston Celtics would be their, you know, first African-American head coach. Of course, like it's not Doc Rivers was their first. <laughs> um, he said, so someone hacks my Twitter, you know, <laughs> like, um, I mean, it's just not, it's not, it, of course, it's not terribly credible. It's just, it's, it's fat. Like, I guess it's sort of fascinating when you think though of, uh, and you and I spent enough time cover, like covering and digging into that NCAA basketball scandal. Um, you remember when Kansas had to classify that Adidas runner as a booster? Yeah, which totally <laughs> right? effed them in the end. Yeah, right. like to, to like which was like part. Uh, I mean, which is I mean, the people have to fit in. I mean, you sort of have to classify people into, you know, some of what the definitions are within the NCAA bylaws. You know, so the NCAA bylaws were not written to handle, um, you know, like shoe company folks. They were written to handle, you know, like boosters giving out McDonald's bags full of cash. Um, so in order to fit the rules, they classify them as a booster because um, then, you know, 
the, the McDonald's bags full of cash that Adidas was giving out make a little more sense. It's just interesting because I mean, you if if the NCAA as this goes forward, you may see Jaden Daniels' mom get classified as a booster, <laughs> and then included in this. Um, but like what often come, I mean, the only, I mean, the, beyond the sort of like newsworthiness of like, your, I mean, of course, like this, this scandal getting even crazier, of course, and involving the star quarterback's mother is usually what happens is like the, the, the athletic departments are forced to cut ties with that booster, you know, and like ban them from athletic department events and things like that. Uh, how do you handle that when it's somebody's mom, <laughs> you know, like. So, I mean, this is like, this is like a total offshoot of the case, you know, altogether, but I will be paying, you know, very interested attention to see how they hand, try to handle, um, you know, Jaden Daniels' mom and all this. Oh my goodness. I mean, to her credit, I too have had my credit card account attacked um, when all of my friends <laughs> happened, all my best friends happened to fly to New Orleans for my bachelor party. I don't, I don't know how that happened, but someone, someone, well, when I catch I mean, that guy, when I catch him. <laughs> I mean, someone, someone like some nefarious actor, like hacked, I mean, you know, hacked my, hacked, hacked into my credit card account and then sent tickets to a, you know, two, two recruits, you know, just out of the blue. Not, they didn't buy tickets for their uncle or something like that. They sent airline tickets to a recruit and then. They also then hacked into my email so that they could forward that information to the recruit. I mean, I, I look, I get it. I mean, it's just like you feel like, I mean, you had a couple days, right? Like, and it's not like maybe there is a better explanation for all of this. I mean, you have to have something being hacked and all this, but like, it just sounds so flimsy in this day and age to be like, oh yeah, I was hacked, right? Like, sure, no one believes that. ASU should do the OJ Simpson method where they you know they put out a reward to find the real criminal in here um, because that 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 man or woman is just just in the middle they're somewhere else they're hacking a credit card right now rob and if we don't catch him we'll, we'll never we'll never have justice I, no. but no, this, I, mean, I don't want to be clear like this of course like whatever Jaden daniel's mother does should have no effect on Jaden daniel's eligibility so there's not like a guilt by association here you know, but it'll like, I, I mean, just uh, you should read. I mean, the Yahoo story, of course, isn't behind a paywall. Um, you know, Pete Dammel's had some pretty good sources thus far, you know, on the story. Um, so, I, I mean, I would definitely check those out, um, you know, and and I, I mean, I, I would I wonder, I mean, because we haven't heard. I mean, it's sort of like been a once a week slow. I mean, we recorded like right before this one dropped, um, you know, a real slow burn story after, you know, the way it was uh, put out. And I think that, or at least alluded to, you know, like I, I expect that the NCAA is actually going to start in the interviews pretty soon because they've, they've certainly been handed like a treasure trove of information. But one of the, oh, one of the things that they pointed out here was because they have a lot of these, you know, recruits names, the NCAA, unlike what usually happens, which is they don't have, the NCAA doesn't always have a lot of leverage to force people to talk to them. Because they have all these recruits' names and information and when they were on campus, when they weren't supposed to be and all that, they can actually, you know, hold out over these, you know, the, these former recruits who are now players, some of whom are at ASU, some of whom are at other programs. Um, they can actually hold the, uh, you know, the, the eligibility to play over these kids' heads and actually force them to talk. So, um, 
there's the the truth will likely be coming out in this case. <laughs> Uh, I guess one last one last comment on this. You know, if everyone in the world had a mom like Jade and Daniel's mom, this world would be a better place. <laughs> like, you know, like just very supportive, you know, trying to bring the best possible players to ASU allegedly to try to get uh, to try to get things going further for that program. Uh, I hope she gets off scot free. I really do. I think that'd be awesome. And, you know, in, in this day and age, maybe ASU just gives her an award just to troll everybody, you know, like <laughs> booster of the year. Mrs. Daniels. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what their Sun Devil Club is is you know you know name, but like yeah, like the the highest level of Sun Devil Club you know member. <laughs> put her put her picture on the wall, you know, like boost like as like you're the employee <laughs> of the month, like booster booster of the month. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, well we'll keep an eye on this. I I thought that all of the chambers had been fired because uh, when we broke the news about a week and a half had passed and nothing really came up of it like you mentioned and then uh, lo and behold the news fairy comes and just drops us another little tidbit so we'll keep an eye on that and so rob we have three teams we're going to go through the non-conference games there we'll make sure to rank them and let's do it right after this i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here is in conversation with business icons This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, we're back. 12-Pack Radio, going through all of the Pac-12 non-conference games. And we're going through three in the Pac-12 South. We already did the North. We're doing these in, in uh, three little three-piece chunks. So if you haven't seen the last couple episodes, go ahead and back, look back at that. You can find us on I, uh, iTunes. I think it's uh, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. I almost said an iPod, Rob. It's been a long week. Um, you can find us on <laughs> Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, any of that stuff here. And Rob, let's um, let's save the best for last because I really love uh, a couple of – actually, two of the matchups that Colorado has – and uh, may, how about this? In honor of Arizona State's, uh, um, you know, uh, initiative and work ethic, let's let's start with them here and their non-conference schedule here. Number nineteen, Arizona State on Beta Rank, and what do we got here for their non-conference slate? Uh, we've got UNLV, BYU, and then who's the FCS game they've got? Southern Utah. Oh, congrats! Uh, the Thunderbirds. I don't know why I know that. Right on. Where where is that? So okay, let me guess. You know what though. I know like three cities in Utah and they're all where the university rates Ogden, um, Salt Lake city. And Oh my gosh, where's, where is BYU? Why am I? Why is Provo. That? Oh, Provo. Of course. Um, where is Southern, where is Southern Utah? Do you know? Vaguely. Uh, it is, I don't know. Cedar not... city. Oh man. I've been through Cedar city a bunch. I'm is that good or bad? Is like, well, so like I used to, I grew up in Wyoming. I used to live in Phoenix back when I worked for American Express on like the international side of the business. I, my, my mom's sister lives up in Park City and I grew up racing downhill and cross country skiing. So like there were, there was many a drive up there plus like going backpacking. Um, so like I'd be driving up uh, through Southern Utah, heading up, heading up to Park City. So I noticed that this is on the 15, which is that drive uh, to Las Vegas from Provo and from Salt Lake City. I wonder if if this is like the Barstow 
of Utah. For for people from Los Angeles, you'll know the the drive from Las Vegas. Everybody stops at Barstow um, because it's the last thing there before Las Vegas, and everybody goes to the the Greek. There's this. It's not even good Greek food, Rob. It's just Greek food, um, and everybody's there, and everybody's excited that you know they 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 got their half people have have those roadsiders going on, and everybody stops at Barstow. So uh, be nice to to know Utah fans. Let us know your thoughts on Cedar City here, and we spent way too much time already on Southern Utah, Rob. This this should be a uh, uh, an, an ass kicking for ASU. Yeah, I mean they should they should roll in that game. I mean I'm not I wouldn't be too fussed. Uh I mean even even if this program ends up being enveloped by scandal, they should they should handle Southern Utah. I'm trying to you know what we should do the next time? And actually I'm gonna look over this now. The I I do find it fascinating to see the FCS football rankings. Cause every once in a while some of these programs come up and they're just really good. And as I'm scrolling through this, Southern Utah is not on the top 25. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I guess, I guess what, what would you look for? I mean, I, I guess I would be looking for Jaden Daniels passing yards, right? I, I want to see those wide receivers go out and just, and just blow out some fools because the talents there, it's just whether or not yeah. they can put it together. Right. Yeah. I mean, and they really, you know, ASU last season was much more of a run first offense um, and, you know, in years before, you know, they had, you know, with, uh, you know, under the prior offensive coordinator, they had been more, they had, they had thrown the ball more. Um, now it was short passes. And when you, you know, have some of the tremendous wide receiver talent, the yards after catch was great. Um, but they were, you know, they only graded out at 87 and effective pass last season. I mean, I think for this, this Sun Devil team, Daniel's, Downfield accuracy is a concern, but he usually makes the right decision with the ball. And in some ways that's more important. Um, and so, I, I mean, you do want to see him though, in this situation, he should feel really comfortable throwing to his wide receivers, uh, you know, down the field, they should try to stretch things out, you know, um, and get some stuff. I mean, maybe too, like get some stuff on tape, you know, for, you know, that other teams might have to think about and prepare for. Oh yeah. I want, I also want to see them crack open that tight end can. You know, they got yeah. a couple really interesting transfers. I think one of them from Oklahoma. I have to go back and look, but they've really tried to bring in that talent so that Zach Hill has those tight ends that he's used to at Boise State. So that would be super fun to kind of see what they got there. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, outside of that, I think the line will be fine. The running backs will be fine. The defense will be fine. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I'm looking for. Okay. Um, and then after that, September 11th, they have UNLV, right? Yeah, this I mean this one they're going to get at home. Um I think they were supposed they were supposed to open were they supposed to open the new Raiders stadium last year. I think they were. <laughs> like against UNLV. UNLV like talking about like getting burned by the pandemic. UNLV put together this like star-studded non-conference slate that never happened. Oh, that's about bring it back. <laughs> I mean UNLV was terrible last year, so they were just getting they were just kind of worked. Yeah, and everybody um, raises their hand to get out there too, right? I mean, that, that, that yeah, it's like the the, the oh, recruiting's yeah. pretty good. I mean, you get, I mean, it's you, you know, it's more than likely going to get like a, a decent. Even if you end up in the late slot, you're probably going to be on ESPN. Yeah, Bishop Gorman's out there. Yeah, yeah, um, but I mean, you, Arizona State's a huge favorite in this game. UNLV's been really bad. Um, you know, the Arizona State's a twenty six point six. You know, almost twenty seven point favorite in beta rank. Um, at home, um, they should really roll. I mean, UNLV's really had their struggles. 
Um, you know, and that, you know, they, and they, they project near the you know very bottom of, of all of college football, um, you know, project at 123 in beta rank. They were 108 offensively last season, 127 on defense. I mean, and that's a real, you know, watch out, I think in particular. Yeah. I was, I just, I have a hard, I have a hard time. I mean, like I said, like even with, I mean, for Southern Utah, even if this ASU program gets engulfed in scandal, like I, I still think they roll versus the the runner or the rebels. That's wild. I saw the number right number number one twenty three UNLV versus number nineteen ASU and Beta Rank. Um, you know, this is about as as uh, aggressive as Beta Rank gets. Right, point nine nine percent win percentage, minus twenty seven spread. Uh, beta rank is just anticipating a, just a total beat down here. If ASU yeah. can keep their, you know, keep their focus and, uh, and you're right. I think they, I think they can, and it'll be interesting to see with the coaching though. You know, if there's a real big drop off and, you know, Herm gets fired or something, then maybe, it, maybe it could be something. Uh, maybe there's a little value there if you can get the future on it, but we don't know that. And if they stay the course, I actually think that the I don't know it just seems like the cohesion of that team and the feel of the team has been pretty solid the last couple of years. Yeah, and I mean we have thus far we haven't seen either of the play callers themselves named in anything. Um so that's a real plus too. I mean like there there there's a chance of course like that some of these position coaches who've been named don't make it through, but I mean I feel like the worst case scenario for ASU is that like Herm ends up out before the season and like Marvin Lewis comes in as your caretaker so long as he's not named in anything and you know, Zach Hill probably finishes out at his OC. And in that case, like, I think that the Sun Devils could still have a decent season. Dude, I dig Marvin Lewis. Second coach, you know, um, second 60 plus coach with some NFL experience there. Okay. okay yeah. I see that. That'd be kind of fun. That'd be fun. Um, another African American coach in the Pac 12, right? Um, yeah. That'd be tight. Okay, cool. Well, let's move on from UNLV, and then uh, and then let's get to our first BYU game of the day, uh, number nineteen, <laughs> ASU against number thirty four BYU. Yeah, I mean this is interesting because like BYU, you've got, um, you know they they rank dead last in Bill Connolly's returning production coming in the next season. They lose a lot really on both sides of the football. Um, you know Jeff Grimes, their offensive coordinator, is off to be the OC at Baylor. The guy that's stepping in to be their offensive coordinator was their passing game coordinator these last couple of years. So, I mean, I, I don't think you're going to see tremendous fall off, but like I always say, you know, anytime you get someone, it's their first time calling plays, like mileage is going to vary, right? So yeah. I think getting BYU early is good. Beta rank right now with these projections has ASU as almost a five-point favorite here. This is one, though, that like if, you know, chaos chaos ensues that, you know, you might see BYU as a favorite in this game, depending on because this is this will be in Provo, and even with all of the personnel instability that BYU certainly has, um, with breaking in so many new players, like you know the coaching staff is, is relatively um, you know stable and carrying over, and that's where like I mean if ASU came into this game, you know maybe they you know if they squeak by UNLV or something, my guess is, is Vegas would have BYU projected as a as a favorite. What's the run matchup there? You know, BYU tends to normally be able to run the ball fairly well. They usually have big bodies on the line. And uh, and I know the secondary ASU, you know, Sun Devil fans are pretty excited about that. But what about that running defense? Well, BYU's offensive line's been pretty good. Um, uh, but they only graded out a 37 and effective rush last season. But they played so many bad teams. 
um, they were really at a, at a pretty big talent advantage. Most times they took the field, particularly throwing the football around with Zach Wilson. So they were number five in effective pass last season. Um, the defense didn't have a big run pass split. So that's, that's what's sort of interesting. I think to, to see here is BYU may still want to throw the ball around. You're likely to see some drop off at the quarterback position. I think in particular, that's a reasonable expectation, you know? So I, I, I mean, I, I, I think ASU should be able to slow down BYU um, offensively on the defensive side. Um, now, whether ASU is able to show up and just run the ball will be another, you know, another thing to see. And BYU, I mean, they do lose. So, I mean, they are, they only return 16% of their production on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, it's just bare bones coming back for BYU. So, I mean, I think even if, even if they are pretty good defending the pass, you know, th- this will be a good test for them. Okay. And this is in Provo. So yep, this is in Provo. What's the altitude there? Any altitude advantage? 4,500. Oh, that's a lot, right? That's low. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was just kidding. I grew, I grew up at a little over a mile high. <laughs> um, I expected it. I expected it to be a little higher. I mean, cause like, uh, I've, I've spent a lot of time in park city growing up and skiing, like, uh, watching park city grow from like a, old abandoned mining town until like the uh kind of obnoxious overgrown tourist trap it is now and i thought because it, it really is just on the other side of, of of the mountains from park city through provo canyon i thought it'd be a little higher yeah you know it's interesting because we always talk about the elevation being a factor for colorado um, but colorado's 5300 and what did we just say provo was uh oh salt lake city's yeah. 5200 I was wondering if yeah. it was a little higher there. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Just let me keep an Salt eye Lake on there. Salt Lake City. It can be hard. I mean, Salt Lake City, you know, you get a little bit of a pollution problem there. Like, it can be hard to breathe in Salt Lake City. What? What are you talking about? You didn't know this about Salt Lake? No, no. Is it like is it like Mexico City? What are we talking here? Yeah, well, I mean, the problem is, of course, is they're surround. I mean, it's truly surrounded, you know, the Valley of Salt Lake. Like, it's truly surrounded by mountains. And you can end up. Uh, you know, really with, I mean, the, you know, what they call inversions, right? I mean, just like, you know, you can end up with pollution just sitting there in the valley. There's, there, there are a, a non-trivial number of, you know, air quality watch days, you know, in, in any given year. It's all like. Oh, well, you learn something new every day. Let us know. Let us know, Utah fans. You can, you can push back hard against Rob if you want to, but he's probably, he's probably right. He's probably right. <laughs> I'm not making that up. Like, so there's, there are times I've driven into Salt Lake city and you're like, you almost, you're like, it's not quite like LA if the, uh, if the, uh, ocean and, you know, if the ocean wind isn't blowing things away where you've got that kind of smudge of, uh, pollution, but there's definitely some times you're like, man, it is, a, it's pretty hazy in the, it, valley down here that is wild because it's such a beautiful area so uh you know with, oh, yeah. with that's sitting down there um okay cool well well there you go now now we know um so we just did asu and let's get to let's let, let's go down to tucson and talk about arizona here and so we can talk about byu so we, right off the bat yeah, again september 4th asu versus byu in las vegas i have been there and or i've oh i have been there many times i'm going again to Las Vegas. This this game is going to be played uh, in the the Roomba of Las Vegas, that Allegiant Stadium. By the way, I took I took an Allegiant flight from Santa Maria Oof. to to Las Vegas, and I I swear on my life that plane was built in 1936. <laughs> like it was, 
<laughs> it was an old one. I'm like, huh, don't 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 recall any other planes that have dual jetpacks on the on the back of the wings. It was wild, man. I I think I flew Allegiant from like the the last Pac-12 tournament we went to. I think I flew Allegiant from Columbus out to Salt Lake or to to Las Vegas because it was one of the few direct flights you could find. Uh-huh. And uh, man, I don't want to sound bougie, but it was a nightmare. Like, <laughs> it's like I'm never I'm never subjecting myself to this again. It was just a lot. It was just a lot of like like what you would expect the only direct flight to Vegas on a bare bones airline to be or like, cause like I've flown a bit in my life, uh, for both work and pleasure, I guess you could say. And the, um, it was just like, man, there's a lot of people, this might be their first flight. There's <laughs> like, no. just like cheering when we land and I'm like, don't cheer. Like we're act like you've been here before. <laughs> So I, uh, to their credit, I just flew into Santa Maria a few days ago, and it seems like they've got some new planes, which is good. It looked actually like an older um, Southwest plane, so I'm wondering if they picked up a couple planes, <laughs> you know, when nobody was flying. But yeah, Allegiant, you know, forty four dollars, except for it's fifty five dollars for a carry on bag and uh, and three dollars for water with the when the stewardess comes down. So you know, just just be prepared, be prepared, everybody. And there was no gate. It was like a field. Tri- it was like a sixth grade field trip. I went, I went to the airport, and I'm like, where's the Allegiant gate at? And there's a guy that just had a sign like, oh, I'm over here, y'all. <laughs> All right. <laughs> just stand in line, I guess, with this group of people, not in a gate, hoping I don't get murdered. Um, but I made it on I made it made it on time and I survived and uh, had a better experience this last time. So there is there is an Allegiant gate in Portland, Oregon, if anybody comes into. So um Again, we're just we're just we're just giving knowledge bombs here today as Arizona plays BYU. What's what's the spread on this, uh, Robin? What would you be looking for if you're an Arizona fan? I mean, Beta Rank has this as almost 14 points for BYU. Arizona's only got a 14 percent win probability in this game. I mean, the real things. I mean, if you're look, you know, if you're an Arizona fan, you're just you're looking for signs of life, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's because I mean, Arizona fans should not be kidding themselves like Jed fish has a multi-year rebuild ahead of him. Um, what you are looking for here is you're looking for the things that the coaching staff can clean up. Right. So you're looking for, you know, like, I mean, I would in particular be, well, I don't think Arizona's wide receivers have been particularly well coached the last couple of years. And that goes back two staffs, uh, to, to rich rod, you know, although he did coach downfield blocking for the wide receivers on run plays pretty well. But I, you know, I don't think that their route running was taught particularly well. Um, so you, I, I, I mean, you should probably be keeping an eye out for, you know, like are the wide receivers because Arizona's wide receivers were not like in college. You should be able to get open, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. as as uh, as you know, famous you know BYU alum Steve Young once said, you know, like the difference between college and the pros is like in college everyone was open and in the pros no one's open. Yeah. Um, at college, you should like, you should be able to run your route well enough that even if the you know corner is more athletic than you, you can get open. And so that's what you want to see. I think if you're Arizona, you want to see guys coming open. You'd like to see, you know, quarterback to be named, at least make some progress. And then you want the offensive line to keep them somewhat alive. Like, and I think all of these things, I mean, it's not like Arizona, like Arizona is not going to recruit a bunch of four-star players anytime soon. Um, and so you need to see this staff show some ability to coach up some of the you know guys that they have. 
Um, and then, I mean, what does the defense look like? I mean, under Don Brown, who's a very aggressive play caller, um, Arizona did have some opt outs last year. Uh, and so I do think that there's, you know, potentially some better players that you should see on the field than we saw, particularly at the end of the season against ASU when the defense was play, playing quite a few walk ons. <laughs> But yeah, like if you're like you want to like if you're an Arizona fan, I don't think you should be expecting to win this game. I mean, you probably need BYU to turn it over three times in order to to win. Um, but I mean, this is also BYU's first game coming off, you know, coming coming into the season. And like we talked about, I mean, they were ter- they're replacing darn near everyone. Now there's a lot of continuity in that program. Guys that play for BYU, if they are LDS, some of them are a bit older. <laughs> your average college student, right? And often more mature uh, emotionally, often are married. Oh, I would be Um, a mess as a college football player. Like if I were 18 or 19, holy Moses. (laughs) Yeah. Brian Smith suspended again. Yeah. Whereas at BYU, I feel like, you know, if if you're in a football program and you're 23, like you're taking that seriously. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, you know, BYU is not, I mean, these guys are not just like, you know, showing up and mailing it in. Um, you know, and I, 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 I think, you know, but Arizona, you, you hired this coaching staff with the expectation that, I mean, if you look at Jed Fish's last stint as an offensive coordinator, at UCLA, like he dramatically turned around that offense. I don't think we should expect anything like that this season, but you just want to see signs of life. Like, and that's what you want to see in this BYU game. You want to see in particular, like you want to see some signs of life in this game. If I weren't going to Vegas, I wouldn't bet on this game. Um, but since I'm going to be in Vegas, if you gave me 14 points, I'd take that. I mean, I'm going to put a big bet on it. But, you know, uh, I feel like Arizona's offense should be a little bit better. Um, you know, their defense should be about the same, which gives me a little bit of pause. But BYU's putting a new team together. Let's let's see what they have. You know, and they, they don't have the, the third-round draft pick or whatever as their quarterback. Uh, my biggest worry would be can Arizona stop the run at all, um, and and the answer is probably no. But um, no. fourteen struck me as uh, you know not not unreasonably high, but just just a smidge high. I think like if that was maybe thirteen or twelve and a half or something, kind of in that weird Vegas zone. That that I thought that'd be interesting, but uh, you know fourteen, whatever. What do you think? What do you think? Would, would, you know, you get 14 year in Vegas, you throwing down on BYU. And by the way, I have no scruples. I'll throw it on the other team you know, against my team at every hundred <laughs> I mean, percent of the time. There's fandom and then there's gambling. Yeah, right? Exactly. So 14, you know, is that fair? Uh, you know, I think it's pretty fair. I mean, like Arizona projects at number 95 overall, you know, in beta rank coming into the season. It is, you know, we talk about the sort of wackiness of data for last year, you know, like it, I, I, I mean, Arizona is one of those teams like a Michigan that had, I mean, a real collapse on both sides of the football. So I don't, I mean, I, I think it's reasonable. I mean, I, I think this beta, like when I say that I think Arizona might have upside versus the projection, I mean, you can talk yourself into it, but we're not talking about like a lot of upside. We're talking about like maybe they're at 70 in beta rank and this is really only 10 points. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like we're not talking like Arizona beating their projection this year does not get you into like anywhere near bowl eligibility or, you know, like if they beat like, but that, if you're an Arizona fan, that's what you should be looking for. Like you don't look at the wins and losses. I mean, I say this 
selfishly as someone that, you know, runs an advanced stats model, like look at the advanced stats. Like you want to see progress versus prior year. Yeah. You want, you want a scrappy team that loses and maybe is a little fun on yeah. offense. Um, a little bit. Like I'm, I'm deep. I will admit to being a little deeply worried about Arizona's QB situation. <laughs> 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 a little deep, like uh, that, that's like a, a bit of an oxymoron, a little deeply worried. I'm pretty freaking worried about this because like Jordan McLeod's coming in. He had some accuracy issues, but you know, a little bit like we talk about with like Jane Daniels or Anthony Brown, like the downfield accuracy is not great, but they usually make the right decision with the ball. He's got some athleticism. He was not in the spring, um, spring camp. So he'll be there for fall camp and then Gunnar Cruz and will Plummer. I mean, it's just, oh man. Like, I mean, what we saw of Plummer was bad last year, but he was only a true freshman. We barely saw Gunnar Cruz at, at Washington state. I just, like that, that's the part of like, even if Jed fish, I mean, there's a couple of things here too. Like even if Jed fish is like schematically a lot better and he should be the Noel Mazzoni, uh, if the offensive line is really bad, it's not going to matter. If the quarterback is really bad, it's not going to matter. <laughs> you know? Well, few people know that Ted Cruz's son is the the backup quarterback at the university of Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> so. Son of Zodiac killer. Who is the the player that looked like him? The the Duke player, uh, Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen. One of the most dete- one of the most detestable people to have ever played college sports. He liked to trip people. He liked to trip people. Yeah. Uh, so so this next game for Arizona um, on September 11th is interesting, right? So Arizona plays San Diego State, uh, number 95 Arizona against 78 San Diego State. This is in Tucson. And I never know what to think about San Diego State. It just seems like they've been good at defense. And then uh, Rocky Long went to New Mexico because he didn't want to coach offense anymore. <laughs> and yeah. what is this? What is this uh, Aztec? By the way, best helmet in America, the the Aztec calendar helmet. Have you seen these? No. It, 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 they they released them like in the like in 2014 or something. So they're not new, but their helmet has the Aztec calendar on it. They are sick. If you, if you haven't looked them up before, if you're listening to this, like stop everything you do, pause the podcast, go and look up you know Aztec calendar San Diego State helmets. Probably the best helmet I've ever seen. Um, really really cool, and I loved how they like tied all that stuff in. Oh no, those are cool. That is, oh yeah, I have seen those. Those are dope. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I love when schools like you know. Um, like when Navy did like hand paint, they weren't actually the, the helmets weren't hand painted, but the pictures on the helmet were all hand painted and it was all like different ships and stuff. It was awesome. Um, anyway, what is San Diego state this year? I mean, it's a t- I mean like the mountain West and the PAC 12, of course had the kind of weird, weird seasons last year. They barely played, you know? And so it's, you know, limited sample size, of course, again with San Diego state, um, they're at 121 in returning production. Just and in particular, they're at 124 with only 42% of their defense coming back off of last season. Um, their offense, and, and this is this goes back. I mean, <clears throat> Rocky Long, I think, is one of the best defensive minds to come around in the last 20 years. It was a real, real stubborn son of a gun <laughs> when it comes to offense, and didn't really want to change up what he was doing offensively. He's now the defensive coordinator at his alma mater in New Mexico. Um, but they, you know, they're still running that Rocky Long three-three-five under Brady Hoke. The defense, in what was a limited, weird sample last year, graded out really well in Beta Rank, number fourteen overall. They've had some really good defenses at San Diego State. I do expect this season, even with 
the limited amount of production they have returning them to field a top 40 defense next year. Um, the offense though has just been horrendous for years. They've been a lot better running the ball than they have throwing the ball. Um, they graded out at one of six in beta rank last year, 63 in effective rush, but 111 in effective pass. Um, you could really, you know, and I, I mean, I, I think, I mean, Arizona comes into this one. They are an underdog at home by about three points to San Diego state in the projection. They've got a 39% win probability. I mean, I just think with Arizona's new coaching staff being an improvement and the, and the projection model doesn't see that. I mean, I might have this as a toss up because I, I do think that Arizona's coaching staff is an upgrade over what you were working with last year. Um, and I think that, you know, Don Brown could scheme enough to slow down a moribund Aztec offense. Oh yeah. I think that's, that's why beta rank has this, you know, when you take a look at the numbers, it's 90 something versus a, a high seventies, but man, if San Diego state can't move the ball, you know, <laughs> that game's going to be competitive because Arizona should be able to move the ball a little bit, even against a, a, a well-coached defense. And, uh, I think this game will suck, but Arizona has a chance. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think this is going to be a, like, I don't think this is going to be a great game. <laughs> like I think the defense will be enough to slow down, um, you know, what Arizona is going to try to do offensively. This could be a, this could be a tough one to watch. Yeah. 17 to 10, that type of 20 to 10. I don't know who's going to have the 20, who's going to have the 10, but <laughs> that, that seems like maybe the under on this game would, would make a lot of sense if you wanted to go that way. All right, let's, let's go that North and then in Northern Arizona, whatever. Um, Northern Arizona yeah. is good. It's it not good. It's never been good. And um, has a basketball a couple of times. Didn't Ben, Ben Hallen coach at Northern Arizona, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, he did. Probably let the players, you know, urinate on each other's mattresses there too. But, um, but you yeah, know, good coach. <laughs> let's move on from there and get to Colorado and let's do it right after this. All right, we're back and Colorado, number 46 of Bader in Colorado. Rob, probably one of the most interesting non-conference schedules in the Pac-12 this year. Yeah, I'm excited for this Colorado schedule, right? Like you get, uh, you know, Texas A&M in Denver. Is that right? Or are they playing? Yep. Yeah, at Mile High. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And then you get, you know, Minnesota at home. I mean, we were joking about, you know, the the Pac-12 needed to get some Power 5 teams on the schedule. And Colorado went out and got two. Yeah. I mean, they started Northern Colorado. God bless them. Where do you think that is? You uh, that's in Greeley, and that town smells awful. <laughs> is it like methane? What, what's the... Uh, no, no, it's slaughterhouses. Oh, yeah. Well... And so if you're... It's like... Um, Greeley is kind of like... So if you're familiar with like the I-25, like front range area of Colorado, like Greeley is north, but kind of like... I mean, it's it's kind of northeast. Like it's it's almost like... It feels like almost directly south of Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um and it is, uh, you smell Greeley before you see it. <laughs> oh my! Kind of by you know, not as far away from Denver as I thought, and not as north as I thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right off of well, not right off of twenty-five and the thirty-four. If you're interested. And you, UNC's a pretty little campus. I mean, like uh, I think the the Broncos might not still do. They, I think the Broncos used to do their training camp there. Oh, shut up! That's cool. Yeah. Fort Collins. Close-ish, close-ish. Um, yeah, but Northern Colorado sucks. So uh, Colorado, God bless you. <laughs> just uh, lay yeah. the lumber. Really, the the I just thought it was fascinating that Texas A&M was coming to Colorado. Talked about the elevation. 
for real, legit, here's an elevation problem. Um, but holy goodness, Texas A&M is supposed to be real good this year, Rob. Yeah, uh, you know, they were at number nine overall last year. Um, you know, we've got them projected again um, at number nine. Uh, you know, they finished at number, you know, thir- you know at, at number yeah 13 offensively last season, 13 on defense, 25 on special teams. Um, you know, they don't have a ton coming back. I mean, there's, that is one difference between them and a lot of other teams. Um, but it's mostly on offense where they're, you know, replacing players, um, defense returns 74% of their production there. But I mean, they've recruited really well. They're at number six overall, the two year rolling recruiting rankings. I mean, they've got a bunch of really talented players. Um, and Jimbo Fisher is a good offensive coach. So, I mean, I, I expect like, a and I think has stockpiled enough talent under Fisher. And I think, you know, what they're doing, um, you know, schematically and play calling wise, I think he's, I mean, he's been a real upgrade over Sumlin. Um, this will be a tough, this will be a tough game for, for Colorado. I mean, Peter rank has uh, A&M as a 12 point, you know, favorite here. I was gonna say he better be an upgrade over someone. They paid him 75 yeah. million guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. Like that cat of, that was from West Virginia. <laughs> he is rolling yeah. in it right now. Holy goodness. What, so what, what is a, what is A&M, you know, what's the, so if you're Colorado and you're looking at this game, where is the one area you think Colorado can keep this close? I don't think they win. Uh, I would love for the, man, that would be a huge one for the Pac-12. If Colorado was able to just, and I don't think they're going to blow out A&M, but if they were able to win by like two points on a last minute field goal or something, what would have to go right? And what would Colorado have to do really well that they already do well? That they are. Well, so, I mean, if there's a last season, you know, what A&M did not do well was they didn't defend the pass very well. And you could put together long drives against them. I mean, their drive efficiency number wasn't great. Um, they had a pretty big run pass split, eight in effective rush, 54 in effective pass. That's not something Colorado does well, though, right? Like, yeah. I think I, I think really, like, I mean, if you're Colorado coming into this game, you're going to have to be able to throw the ball pretty effectively, I think, to to be able to to, to move it. Because I do think A&M, I mean, if, you know, if their run defense holds up again, they're going to be pretty stout against the run. Um, and that's going to that's going to make it tough for the buffs. I mean, I, we, we like the running back talent that they have uh, there for sure. But, you know, this is going to be a different animal in a lot of ways. And I just I don't I don't know. I don't. I mean, I think Colorado probably like in order to win this, it's not just that they're, they're going to have to be opportunistic and score points. Um, I think that they're going to have to force some turnovers. Okay. Yeah. That's the bummer where it's when, once you start relying on turnovers, then, then it kind of gets weird, but uh, you know, maybe, maybe the friend, or I guess it'd be the sophomore quarterback there now, uh, because it's probably not going to be the Tennessee quarterback. Let's be frank uh, in terms of like, I don't think TJ Shroud's going to come in. Coming in, coming into Mile High Stadium and knocking off Texas A&M. You know, I just don't yeah. see that being the case. But maybe it's the um, and, and and I apologize, Buff fans, the the quarterback that, that you all got that you're really excited about. His name escapes me right now, but there's no tape on him really. So like outside of a spring game. So if he's awesome and just lights the world on fire, maybe you keep it close. But um, that defense is really good and um, against the run. And um, how was the offense again? Was it good? They were at number, yeah. I mean, they were at number eleven. Um, sorry, eleven overall in beta rank last season. Yeah, that's um, I think I said thirteen <laughs> earlier, but yeah, I, they they finished at eleven overall, and they're. I mean, they 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 ran the ball a little better than they threw the ball. Thirteen in effective rush versus twenty five in effective pass. Um, 
Yeah, and I think even with all the the turnover on the offensive side of the ball, I I still I mean, I, I think Jimbo's going to have the offense you know pretty ready to go and, and and able to put up some points. Okay. Well, best of luck. We'll light a candle for you, Colorado. Um, it's awesome that is a mile high though. So hope I hope there's lots of Buff fan there's fans there. Let's move to the 18th, where Colorado takes on Minnesota. And man, I hope they wipe that ever-loving tie off of uh, PJ Fleck. This this could be a fun game, <laughs> like a, like a not not a big statement game for the Pac-12 because I don't think Minnesota is going to, you know, win the the Big Ten or really challenge at all. Um, but Fleck has, you know, there he's going to get a lot of camera time. Let's put it that way. And uh, he's been a really good hype man for Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, and you know they, I mean, they really fell off last season. You know, I didn't love the Mike Sanford Jr. hire as their offensive coordinator to replace Kurt Chiraca when he went off for his ill-fated one-year stint in Penn State. Uh, but, you know, it it mostly worked last season. They graded out at 35 on offense over it all. Um, the trouble is, is they were at, you know, 100 on defense. I mean, the defense really fell back. I mean, really good special teams. And that'll be important for them to carry over into this year as well. Um, they've got a decent amount coming back, particularly on defense. So if you're going to talk yourself into Minnesota, you really need the defense to bounce back. You know, I just, I, I have a hard time, you know, the engine of the Minnesota team where they're getting to like double digit wins was the offense, right? Like they were a really strong offensive team, you know, and Tanner Morgan had some really good years. Uh, you know, they've got 75% of their production coming back on that side of the ball. You can talk yourself into Minnesota, you know, maybe finishing out as a top 25 team on offense, but that's a far cry from, you know, the team a couple of years ago, that's in the top five on offense, uh, you know, altogether. So, I mean, Colorado's got, I mean, Colorado absolutely has a real shot in this game, uh, you know, to hang with them. I think Colorado's defense has got to play really well though and shut them down. And and Colorado, I think has to be able to, to run the ball, you know, effectively in this game. I mean, Minnesota really struggled against the run last season, 108 and effective rush versus 67 and effective pass. I think that's the key. I mean, Colorado's got to come in and be able to establish the run, uh, you know, in this game. Okay. Let's let's rank this stuff. Let's let's get a ranking on here. Um, least desirable to most desirable games here. I think you have. I think it has to be Northern Arizona against against Arizona, right? Oh yeah, that's a terrible. I mean, dude, <laughs> not only that, but like even at like seven o'clock in Tucson, it's still going to be brutally hot. Oh. <laughs> it, and I love Tucson. Um, I went to school in Tucson. It is there are there are some beautiful places in Tucson. There are also lots of not a beautiful places in Tucson. <laughs> so you got to fly. And and by the way, the university is gorgeous. It's a really nice, but the area around it not the most gorgeous uh, part of the city. So um, yeah, give us give us Northern Arizona. Add Arizona. What, what would you What would you do next here, Rob? Uh, I mean, it's ASU Southern Utah, right? Yeah. Like, because I'd, ra- I'd I'd rather go to Folsom Field for an FCS game. Oh, for sure, and or or go to uh, Salt Lake City, like beautiful place. Um. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Utah fans. That's next. That's next episode. My apologies. I would absolutely want to go to Folsom Field, Colorado. By the way, second most beautiful campus in the Pac-12, and it's not close. Um, topped only by Stanford. I think Stanford's campus is gorgeous, but if you haven't been to Boulder to see that campus. It is awesome. It looks like a ski chalet. It's, it's amazing. Um, yeah, I would do that. No, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. So like Tempe is fun, 
but Phoenix is kind of meh, right? I mean, I used to live there, so there's places I would definitely hit up in Phoenix, but like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, I'm going to, I mean, I might as well like burn some bridges while I'm at it. Like I would like all, all of Western Phoenix can just, I, I ugh. <laughs> yuck. I mean, great tacos. You know, probably some cool bars, but you got to sit in traffic for 45 minutes and it's 110 degrees outside. So, you know, I'd much yeah. rather go to Colorado. Okay. So we have uh, Arizona State, Southern Utah, number two, Colorado, Northern Colorado, number three. And then yep. things get things get a little strange here. I, I would probably still do, I know, would you rather go to Tucson to see Arizona play San Diego State or um, or to Tempe to see Arizona State play UNLV? God, both of those are gonna might be hurt. I mean, I would. I think the least desirable of those games is is, is the Tucson game. It's Arizona, San Diego State. But it's kind of because I think there's a. I mean, the I mean ASU is gonna whoop UNLV in all likelihood. It's just hard. I mean, it's hard to like. But you're right. I mean, that Arizona San Diego State game is probably. You're right. That that is a better football game. In the sense of it might actually be close. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a closer football game. It's not a better football yeah, game. Yeah, so like no, you're right. Like watching watching ASU wax UNLV is not a, at again, as we talked about, like early season, seven o'clock, seven o'clock kickoff in Tempe, just roasting uh hard pass. <laughs> um, you're like, Do you wanna go tailgate? You're like, Nope, not <laughs> Like, are we, we going to be inside? <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, Low Key Piano Bar in, in Tempe, but we're going to pick Arizona, I think, over over AAC there. Okay, let's. Okay, so now now things get a little bit weird. We have Arizona against BYU in Vegas. Arizona State at Provo playing BYU, and then we have two games in Colorado, which I think I think I know the answer to most of these things. Um, Texas A and M at Mile High and. Colorado has Minnesota at home. Who are you taking? I mean, the the worst game I think is that Arizona. I mean, in Vegas. I mean, Vegas is awesome, but I don't think that's a great game. You I know? would I would much rather go to Las Vegas than Provo, Utah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say this. So, like, you should everyone should check it. Like BYU has a beautiful stadium, um, you know. So you should check that out. But yes, I mean, so here's the here's the key: if you're going to go to Provo, don't stay in Provo stay in Salt Lake or go over the pass and go to park sit and stay in park city. That is my good advice to you. Or if you want a place that's cheap, that's kind of in between park city and Provost, find a place in Heber. I've See, never, I've never heard of Heber useful, in my life. I have useful, I have useful knowledge. Heber, like Heber, Heber city. It's funny. Like from where it was, uh, you know, 20 years ago, more than that, like 30, 35, 30 years ago or more when my, my God, that makes me feel old. When my aunt, my aunt moved to Park City because she thought Jackson was becoming too corporate. And I'm like, oh, the joke's on you now. <laughs> but there is a, there is a, like you drive in the, in the drive over from Park City to Provo, you now pass this like gorgeous private airport where everybody lands their Gulf streams. Like, <laughs> but it's like, I mean, he, like if you stayed in Hebrew, you could have a decent time, but yeah, I would, uh, I don't know that I would, it's. You're right. I mean, Vegas is a much better, much better option to watch a bad football game. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
we'll we'll lump those two together here. But uh, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the Vegas camel. Uh, plus, it's the first week of college football, which is kind of fun. You get to see all the sports. That's true. By the way, we will be at the Circus Sportsbook, where like they have seven thousand televisions, including a sports book in a pool in a freaking pool, Rob. Um, Park City didn't awesome. have that. Like, I, I'm I'm pumped for that sports book. <laughs> um, okay, so after that, we have. That's it, right? We just have we have the the two games in Colorado. The two Colorado, yeah, to rank. Yep, the two Colorado games. Yeah. Um, go to both of them. I love freaking <laughs> Colorado. It is it is. I Denver is a beautiful city with a tremendous history. It's kind of fun because so the river, um, the you know the river cuts through the city, and yep. it's fun because the city's on a grid except old Denver, which is set yeah. on the city so if like if you look at like look look up the grid of denver on a map and it's fascinating it's so cool um beautiful city awesome stadium that's going to be a good game um i would put that over boulder but boulder also is total. like if you are a pac-12 fan and you're looking for an away game in conference go to boulder it's a great time and that stadium is amazing, and the campus is amazing, and they have they have a beer garden. So, so just you know, ha- have a good time there. Our friends at the Free Ball and Podcast will hook you up, and um, and I'm glad we got to end up Colorado. We we don't give them nearly enough love because that is a cool school and an awesome campus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, then they've got. I mean, really, you know, across the three teams we covered, I mean, really have the marquee games. I mean, by by a long shot. Yeah. So check them out. Next week, we're going to do the California schools, the Southern California schools, and we'll do Utah and go through some of those games here. Rob, you have anything to, to plug here at Sharp College Football? No, we're just rolling through. We're almost done with the 40s. So 30, we're at 31 or 32 and 31. And then uh, we're going to, I'm going to do the top 50. So I'll do 10 more, you know, school previews. And then I'm going to try to put together some videos for previewing the, uh, you know, the conferences you know, as a whole, as we pro, because like all of a sudden I'm looking at the schedule and I'm like, man, like I gotta, I gotta start plotting of like when the games actually start. You're not going to preview UMass, Rob. I am. I am not. The Minutemen are just going to have to, you know, like uh, get by with uh, all the stats I have. Sharp College Football is looking for interns to uh, cover those lessons. <laughs> <laughs> to, to preview, to preview, to do a lot of previews in a very short time. <laughs> Uh, cool well stay tuned um youtube uh just look up sharp college football on youtube totally worth it sharpcollegefootball.com where you have every number you've ever wanted about college football for the last what like eight years nine years now which is crazy i think i have nine years worth of data now it's wild um this will be be the 10 10 years 10 years of beta rank we should have a pizza party <laughs> we should have a pizza party where you get like, or one of those ones where you get like a Burger King crown because it's your birthday, like one of those. <laughs> That's uh, all right. By the way, the Burger King chicken sandwich actually pretty good. Actually pretty good. Everything else sucks there, but um, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, we will catch you next week. We're gonna keep going weekly, and uh, and we're gonna open it up for questions next time because we're gonna only have three more teams left, and uh, probably not a lot to cover unless ASU does something dumb again. So send us your questions. <laughs> Sharp <laughs> College Football 12 Pack Radio. Unless somebody else's mom gets involved. <laughs> we'll catch everybody next week. <laughs>